Welcome to the Building Doctor Show with Jens Johansson. Welcome to the Building Doctor Show. I am your host, Jens Johansson, and I'm glad to see you here to learn more about your buildings. This show is about sharing information and resources for you to keep your buildings in good condition and therefore maximum value, and also keep your community happy and not fighting with one another. Everyone knows your home can get emotional, and we want to be here to help you navigate that. Uh, in today's show, we've got seven questions that were submitted throughout the month, and several of those relate to last month's topic, the Fannie Freddie Mac loan requirements. And so that's kind of the big thing in the industry right now. So we're going to continue to cover that. But today's guest is Jill Jones from Columbia Bank, and we will be talking about the commercial loan side of things. If you're going to do repairs or other types of commercial things versus the mortgage lending, and we're going to talk about how those requirements all integrate into a good reserve study and a good plan for your community and how you get things taken care of. So it's one big topic that the boards need to know more about. So stay tuned. Today's show is sponsored by J2 Building Consultants. We're a fantastic group of engineers, designers, and project managers that help diagnose, prescribe, and treat sick buildings. So just like a doctor, we diagnose the problem, prescribe the right plan, and help you treat the problem by overseeing the contractors to make sure they put it back together correctly. You can find J2 in Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, and Salt Lake City, Utah, and the surrounding states. And you can also find them on the web at j2consultants.com. Today's guest, like I said before, is Jill Jones, Vice President, Senior Community Association Lending Officer at Columbia Bank. Jill is an experienced lender specializing in financing solutions to homeowners and condo associations throughout the state of Washington. Welcome, Jill. What can you tell us about yourself? Thanks, Jens. Happy to be here. Well, like you said, I am an HOA lender. That's what I specialize in and all I do. Um, Columbia has been offering association loans for well over 20 years. Uh, pretty much same footprint as you, Alaska, uh, excuse me, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and Utah, and soon to be um, heading out nationally. Awesome. Now, you mentioned Alaska. Do you work primarily West Coast or Pacific Northwest, or is it? Primarily West Coast. Yes, absolutely. Okay, perfect. And we've, we have worked with you in all three states, and, and Columbia and yourself are fantastic partners in this. So, welcome. All right. Now that you know who we are, we're going to do a little poll and find out, how you, find out who you guys are. So, this will help us tailor the questions to uh, understand Who's in the audience? You know, are you board members? Are you managers? Are you uh, just residents? Maybe you're contractors and partners yourself. So while you're filling that out, we're going to continue to go through some of this format and other items here. So the format of this show is webinar based. So you can attend live and ask Q&A uh, for your live Q&A questions, but you can also submit your questions online all month and watch it later and even forward this to your board or other owners for their benefit. And I'm just looking at the numbers. I know 40 registered and there's nine of us on here. So, you know, we get it. This, this show is during work hours. And if your boss catches you watching YouTube, you might, you might get in trouble. So 
anyway, if you're like me, I like to watch my shows on Sunday afternoon and kind of hit hit uh, hit the catch up button. So this format also gives us kind of some ability to share some photographs or even get out a whiteboard and draw some things out for you that are really useful during that Q&A session. Uh, it's a little bit more serious than some of our content you'll see on social channels, all the big ones, uh, YouTube and um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Look for J2 Consultants and you'll find us. So I'm going to wrap up the poll and share those results. We've got Washington, Oregon, other. That's good. Uh, let's see. We've got lots of board members. That's good. How'd you hear about us? That's great. Has your project been through a repair project before? Yes, a small one. Uh, no. So people are finding out more information. That's exactly what we're trying to do here. So we'll stop sharing that poll. Let's get into the disclaimers, the lawyers and insurance agents of the world. So this show is free. So put away your credit cards. We aren't selling you anything. And this show is for educational content only. We, Jill and I are not giving legal, financial or engineering advice. And I'm not a medical doctor. We're just people on the internet trying to help you run your building better. And we've helped thousands of people with their building problems. And we have seen what worked and what didn't when it comes to restoring and financing these restoration projects. And we want to share, with, share that experience with you in hopes that it benefits you. So feel free to ask for uh, either of our CV in the chat. And Brooke, our producer, will put that in there. And that's a little bit of the uh, description there. The chat is to talk, you know, ask little questions. Uh, the Q&A is for your live, put your live questions in there and, and Brooke will be moder moderating that and we'll get that to the end of those items. So let's get into this <clears throat> today. Today is episode four, end of June, June 2022. Jill, anything exciting going on in your world? Are you staying cool in our Pacific Northwest heat wave here? Very cool. Not a lot going on. <laughs> Good. We're getting ready for this weekend is 4th of July. That'll be fun. So, but uh, this end of this week is end of the first half of 2022. So it seems like it's going fast. So anyway, we have seven questions submitted this month. And again, I think four of them are talking about the Fannie Mae. So the first three we'll cover as general and then we will get in more into that Fannie Mae uh, loan requirements and how the commercial loans work into that and we'll help understand that. So after those seven questions, stick around for the live Q&A session as well as some raffle giveaways at the end. We'll answer as many questions as we can in that hour and then we'll move the rest if we need to to the next show. And... Dun, 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 dun. The Q&A tab is how you submit your questions and let's, let's jump into it. So what we do is we cover, oh, yep, let's talk about Jill first before we get into the questions. So get out your phone, take a picture of this. This is Jill's contact information, phone number 425-691-5025 and uh, jonesj at columbiabank.com. So Thank you, Jill, for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. And oh, before, well, before we get into things, let me tell you a little secret about <clears throat> Jill. 
lived in a condo for 26 years and been on the board for 25. So, uh, I am truly crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What, what are some secrets that you can share with, with board members, you know, how to run, just how to stay sane. What's, what's high level stuff. This isn't about, this isn't about loans and financing yet. This is about high level run a good association. Absolutely. I think the number one thing is I don't care what size association you are, have a really good team behind you. Um, Board members are all volunteers. You're not expected to know all the legalities and the ins and outs of running a community association. And I think just just to keep your sanity, just have a really good management team. Yes. Yeah. Good, good tips. You have any what's what's your what's your uh, best rewarding most rewarding story of being a board member? Oh, that's a tough one, Jen. Want <laughs> <laughs> to put you on the spot? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. No, of course it is. It's always rewarding to be involved in your community and and be able to get things done and and just help out. Also. I'm probably kind of a micromanager, so I like to have my fingers into everything. I want to know Mm -hmm. what's going on to feel perfectly comfortable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Let's get into it. Here's the seven questions. We cover the questions briefly, and then then we get into them in depth. So the first three, first question, number one, how much should we have in our reserves if our reserve study hasn't been done diligently? Hmm. Uh, when do we know we need to look at assessments or raising dues? And we always feel like we're catching up. How do we get ahead of it? There's lots of questions packed into there, but yeah, we can break that down. Number two, I had an inspection. It passed all the tests. A month later, I found rot in my walls. A lot of money for repairs and a sarcastic awesome. What could I have done differently? Yeah, that's, a, that's more of an inspection question. I can take that one. Uh, number three, a lot of our community's owners wanted to sell as soon as they found out there would be construction repairs going on for the next two years. Are they allowed to just up and leave when we're in the process of getting a loan and making repairs? Yeah, that's a good kind of board question, and I can sense disclosure issues. Uh, number four, can lenders or building consultants help us fill out the Freddie and Fannie Mae questionnaire for loans. Well, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Number five, my condo board sent a letter to all of the residents about the new Fannie documents asking about deferred maintenance, safety hazards, reserve studies. Why are they asking me? Who should we go to for help? Yeah, Hmm. good question. Number six, the Fannie Mae form in question number six asks if we have a funding plan for deferred maintenance. Does that have to be a plan that's approved by the homeowners? What if we have a plan to present homeowners with various options, but the vote on those options hasn't been held? Yeah, here comes the interesting timelines. So yeah, how should we answer that question? Yep, we can get into that. And final question, the Fannie Mae form asks, did the last inspection have any findings related to the safety, sound, and structural integrity or habitability? Uh, our inspector did find problems on our building, but is that going to prevent us from getting a loan? And so we, with all of these questions, we did a uh, simple handout flyer that Brooke can put into the, into the chat. And that answers some of these questions or helps define some of these questions. But uh, we'll get into that later. Let's jump into question number one. So playing catch up with reserves. 
How much should we have in our reserves if our reserve study hasn't been done diligently? <sighs> well, um, yeah, this part of that, part of me wants to answer it. Well, if I have a sloppy reserve study, uh, the other part of me says done diligently, meaning like every three years. So I guess I, guess I can answer that in a couple of different ways. Kind of a good safe rule of thumb for me. We look at a lot of reserve studies and work with a lot of boards. And so it's, if you're kind of that gut feel, if you're kind of 70% funded, that has a good feeling to it. I know they don't hand out gold stars for being 100% funded, but I do see a lot of reserve studies that are like 5% or 10% funded and they just don't have any money. Uh, Jill, is there some kind of industry guideline, especially from a bank perspective, or you're going to give a loan? Do you feel good when they're, you know, a little higher? What, what, what has been your experience there? Well, we don't actually look at how the percent funded per se. I like the 70% too. Um, mm -hmm. I think a bank would love to go into a loan with an association that has 70% funding. That's okay. rarely the case. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. We're typically looking at the 20 to 30% funding or mm -hmm. less. Um, right. You know, I think if you're feeling like you're always catching up, then you probably are always catching up. Mm -hmm. And it would probably be a good idea to start thinking about possibly having a supplemental budget and building that up over time a little bit extra. Um, how we look at on a lending side is that we want to make sure there is enough reserve contributions going in there on an annual basis that not only will the loan take care of the big major projects, but you'll still be able to take care of those maintenance projects, the recoding of your decks or whatever um, during the term of your loan. So it's very important. Do you have to be 70% funded or 100% funded? No, but you definitely need to be funded. Yeah. And what about, you know, we, we hear we hear some board members saying, I'm not going to bankroll the future residents, you know, fixes. Uh, just call me when you need an assessment. You know, I don't want my money sitting in some account somewhere. And if I decide to move, I can never get it out. How do you how do, as a as a as a board member, how do you deal with that or how do you how do you alleviate that fear or manage that fear? Well, I think that's a great question. And I have to tell you that. I used to be one of those owners who said, I'm not prepaying anything. Right, right. <laughs> um, I, my building was, I was an original owner um, and we didn't have our first reserve study for 12 years. Mm. Well, when I started financing uh, condo remediation projects about five years ago, I changed my tune and I changed it really quickly. <laughs> that is no way to run uh, an association or your reserves. You may feel like you can write the check, but your neighbors might not be able to. And you want to be able to be sure that that everybody's treated equitably and fairly and um, and fund the reserves so that no one's facing big assessments. Right. And that's that's one of the powers of a commercial loan to be able to take this big assessment and and spread it over time like a car payment or something. So it's more of a monthly payment than a big in, you know, in 30 days, we expect this big check being deposited into the account. And so, ooh, wow. So that kind of helps, helps, helps uh, manage that. But that feeling of being caught up or that not, you know, we're always catching up, our heads barely above water, we're trying. 
I think in, in previous episodes, I've, I've mentioned the popular, you know, president running for re-election saying, no new taxes under my watch, you know, meaning I won't raise rates or raise assessments. And it's like, guys, everything, especially in this economy is going up and doubling and tripling. So why wouldn't your repairs and why wouldn't your costs and fees and expenses? So try to stay caught up. I agree, you know, totally having a giant, sitting on a giant account and funding all that doesn't make sense. But working closely with a reserve specialist, working with a a building envelope consultant, working with a bank to be able to, how much do I really need? And I think that that's a teamwork approach. So how do we get ahead of it? Talking about it and starting to plan. So have we plowed this field? You want to add anything extra to this? I think we're ready to move on. When, when do we need to? When do we need to look at assessments or raising fees? Yeah, when most good reserve studies will have a little chart for you that says, you know, in 2025, here's a big spike. That's when the roof needs to be replaced. So kind of looking three to five to ten years out and saying, it's fine for now, but is there this big storm coming? And, and can I? Can we manage that effectively? So, yeah. Okay, next question. Bad inspection. I think this one's mine. <clears throat> I had an inspection. It passed all the tests. A month later, I found rot in my walls. 8000 bucks for repairs. Not awesome. Uh, what could I have done differently? Um, I, it raises a couple of questions in my mind. First question is the the typical home inspection, when you're going through a pre-purchase process, you'll have a home inspector go out. And all of those are visual only. They're not even supposed to move the couch to look behind the couch. And so it's visual only. Here's why the seller hasn't sold the house yet. It's not the buyer's property. The buyer can't go diving in and damaging the walls and opening things up and and the seller doesn't frankly want them to because if they find something, they have to disclose it to all the new buyers because now they know about it. So that's why that's why all these uh, purchase inspections are visual in nature only. And so they wouldn't be able to see rot in the walls. Now, a, a trained eye can start seeing stains or you know cracks and we're suspicious about it. And I think in a couple episodes ago when we had... Uh, real estate agents on, they, they, I think Monica talked about, you can, you can ramp up the level of inspections. If you do that first inspection, you have more concerns, you can call an engineer and do some more, but especially in this market of waiving inspections and, and, you know, just waiving all contingencies that it's not very popular. And so the seller's like, you want to do more inspections next here? I got a line of buyers. I'm just going to go with the next person. Another piece and getting tying it back to the uh, Fannie Mae form is it talks about structural integrity. So for me as a me as a building consultant, in order for me to say good integrity on the structure, I have to see the structure, right? So there's other actual laws on the books of actually being able to see the framing or see the structural connections. And in order to do that, I have to pull the siding off. And so back in the conversion condo wars of you know, 10 years ago, some developers would get in trouble with the drive-by inspections and yeah, it looks good to me, but actually it had a structural component of it. And it's like, wait a minute, the inspector needed to pull off siding to be able to look underneath to see the weather, weather barrier, to be able to see the structural connections, et cetera. So 
think about what you're inspecting to, and obviously invasive inspections will would have revealed rot in the walls or mold inside the walls or problem inside the walls. So uh, that's what we could have done differently there. So, and so, sometimes you can't, sometimes you have to do the best you can. Do you have anything to add to that, Jill? Is that? No, absolutely. And when you mentioned the condo conversion thing, there was a real mm -hmm. horror story uh, a couple years ago where what looked like a pretty attractive building on the outside uh, ended up to be really a mess once they pulled the siding off because apparently during the conversion, they just slapped on new siding over siding and there was a lot of rot. We're seeing that right now in the, in the, flipper, in the flipper paradigm we're in of here's a rundown house and it's now made super pretty. It's painted, new flooring, granite countertops, looks marvelous. And now we have all these, you know, no inspections and, and buyers lined up. And now after they get into it, they say, oh boy, what did I buy? And so, yeah. So, yep, this is a real deal, but there are ways to, ways to get through that. So, all right, next question, disclosures. Okay, yeah, this is a good one. A lot of our community's owners wanted to sell as soon as they find out found out that there would be a construction repair going on for the next two years. Are they allowed to just up and leave when we're in the process of getting a loan and making repairs? No, lock them in their unit. Don't let them leave. No, I'm, I shouldn't say that, but uh, joking. Uh, yes, of course, they're allowed to come and go. Uh, it's their unit. They can, they can sell, they can move on. The, the, the issue here is disclosure they know a potential assessment might be coming. They know a project is coming. And then even especially if they're on the board, they really got to see the, the consultants reports and maybe some contractor bids and they got to get an idea that this would be a million dollar project. And then all of a sudden they moved and sold. We see that a lot. Um, what, what is in being on a board, Jill, what, what's your, I mean, you've seen it, you've seen it happen. What, oh, absolutely. Right there? I, I just have to kind of chuckle because actually there's been some work lately in our building and I kind of, you know, jokingly say to the project manager, please let me know if you find anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess, you know what I'd say to that? Obviously, um, anyone who's going to buy a condo, they should definitely be looking at minutes and things like that to see if there's, there's um, anything going on. But as far as owners wanting to leave, what I would say is wait until it's complete. Your, your, the value of your property is going to go way up. Just hang in there um, and, and sell. And that's the one you know advantage with having an association loan. You can just make payments until it's complete and then put it on the market and guaranteed you're going to get far greater value um, than if you try to sell with a, uh, a, a with work that needs to be done. You know the other thing too that I that I have heard um, owners uh, be concerned about is is having an assessment, having the assessment already in place. You're far worse off for an owner, potential buyer, to know there's a problem but the assessment isn't in place. They don't know what they're getting into. So you're really way better off. Get the work done, get the assessment in place, get it financed if you can. Um, and then the owners, if they're smart, will stick around, wait and sell, have some options anyways. 
Yeah, you brought up a couple of good points. The first point is we all, I mean, especially growing up or, you know, buying that next house, we all buy the maximum, even beyond the maximum. And we just got into this great place. And then all of a sudden we're being asked to fork out another, you know, big assessment and it might break us. It might put us under. And so I imagine, yeah, I imagine you as a lender would be very interested to know who just moved in and can they, can they make a little bit bigger payment? The, yeah, the second thing you brought up is actually a, a, a personal experience. I, my, my father and mother-in-laws, at the end of their life, their condo was going through, a, through an issue and, and uh, they asked me to kind of take over. Hey, you're experienced at this. Can you help us through this? And I guess what? I got adopted to the board. The board was very excited to have a building envelope consultant on the board as a volunteer through this construction process. So... <laughs> I saw that, but I saw we had a big assessment. We had a big $70,000 assessment and we were kind of nervous about it, but I saw the, Hey, during the time of construction, it was interest only. And then by the time the construction was done, we had kind of fixed up the interior and got it ready to sell. So we only had a few payments to make afterwards. And it wasn't, you think it's that $70,000. I think we probably paid 10 and then we were able to negotiate the, you know, the remaining assessment with the buyer. And that was really easy. It wasn't, it wasn't a big pill and you didn't have to swallow it immediately. And it was a lot easier. And property values went up 40% and just over time. And now the building is new again and, and it looks great. And so, yeah, and counseling people to just stay tuned if you can. Don't sell when it's an absolute disaster and all torn apart and un- under a construction zone. That would be the worst time to sell it. So, yeah, good point. Okay, next question. Can somebody else just help us fill out these forms? <laughs> Can lenders or building consultants help us fill out the forms? And I think that was, that was we walked through the la- in the last um, <clears throat> episode of this form specifically. Form has about 12 questions. I think two or three of the questions, or maybe a third, the consultant can help you with. Uh, Maybe a couple of questions the bank or the lender can help you with. A couple, three questions the manager can help you with. But the remaining bulk of it, uh, the boards really need to get together and, and make a plan. Because a lot of the questionnaire is, if you have problems, what are you going to do about it? Or if you have problems, how are you going to pay for it? And as, as a board, how we're going to pay? Well, that's going to be in our budget or in our special assessment. And both of those usually require a vote or in the negative vote if the budget gets voted down. Um, so it's, it's a process. Uh, and, you know, we can't, we can't do all of that for you. Uh, Jill, what, what's your input yeah, on I that? I agree. I think... Um, a lot of that is filled out by um, the resale certificates filled out by the management companies, but definitely, you know, based on information obtained through the board. Um, Also, uh, as far as a plan and funding these projects, the um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac definitely do consider that an association loan is a funding plan. Mm. So um, if you have obtained an association loan, that 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 solves that issue right there. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's how we're going to pay for it. That's the plan. 
And you brought up an interesting piece of, I think of a plan as a project schedule. So every, every construction project has a start date and a finish date somewhere, you know, 10 months later, it's out in the future. It's a, we're doing the best to say, we're going to be done with this building or this phase or this task by that date. It's not for certain, but it's the best kind of plan you can have at that time. And so we're actually coaching boards to kind of think that way and say, well, I need a, I need a, a scope of repair by this date. I need a bid by this date. I can then go vote and get the money by that date. Then I can start construction by that date. Assuming I get yeses all the way through, we'll be fine. If I happen to get a no, well, then I need to change this current schedule. But as of right now, at this point in time, here's my plan. And so that's how we can help you uh, work together and, and fill this out. Um, the other thing that came to mind was I was talking to a, a manager the other day, and there's third-party vendors out there that help management companies put together resale certificates or put together loan, or not loan, but uh, sale documents. And it was interesting. They, they said this, this particular vendor got together with their in-house attorneys, and here's their responses. Let me share it with you. And so I started looking at it, and, I was, and they're very lawyerly. You know, uh, one of the questions is name all the code, uh, different building officials that have had code problems on your building or know of any code problems about your building. And it was very lawyerly. Um, we don't know of any, but you're welcome to call all the building departments and see if we have any violations. So putting it back on them. And it was kind of question after question, just like that. And I was like, this is just frustrating me reading it. I can't imagine... <laughs> I'm trying to get help filling this form out. And so it's a real thing. You have some uh, partners that say, we're not, we're not going to give you any answers. You guys have to figure it out. Uh, but this is part of this educational content that we're trying to help you. Here's how to do this. We're not going to tell you the answer, but here's the process of getting that done. So, all right. Next slide is chat with Jill time. Here's the commercial interruption. It's talk one-on-one -on -one with a lender. Does any of this stuff make sense to you guys so far? Are you getting some kind of tidbit and want to talk to Jill a little bit more because she's been a board member or is a board member? She has extra credibility. So give her a call after the webinar. Uh, again, her direct line is right there. Pull out your phone and take a picture of this information on the screen right now while I take a water break. Okay, there we go. All right, next slide. Maintenance and safety hazards. This is an interesting one. Board sends out a letter to everyone asking about deferred maintenance safety hazards and reserve studies. Why are they asking me? Who should we go to for help? And so this, this is kind of an interesting question. Um, it there's nothing on the form that says you must survey your HOA. One, one, of the, one of the questions says, does the board or manager know about any of these problems? And so I think this is a, this is a you know, the heart's in the right place. Hey, let's, let's ask everybody. Let's see if anybody knows about anything and we'll disclose it. Um, but I think that's what it is. It's just kind of a general, hey, does anybody know about anything? We're trying to get caught back up because our records aren't quite complete. And this is kind of a problem that we see of, you know, 
board transitions to a new board, doesn't get any records or data from the last board. Or manager transitions, same thing. And so brand new board has no history unless you have a lifer, 25 year lifer like Jill on the board that stays with it and brings the historian knowledge with her. And so, and that's, that's one of the, one of the things that, you know, we, we learned through the Surfside thing, the board got bad news. They all quit. Go back to that last question. They all quit and moved. Nobody, you know, they took all those reports with them. So new board steps in and doesn't have any information. They all quit and leave, or they, you know, kick the can down the road. And so for years, these things were just kind of bouncing around in the ether. Um, But Anyway, so that's what they're trying to do. I don't think asking the residents, uh, I don't think it's a requirement of the forum and I don't think it totally helps other than the big picture of, does anybody know anything? Please let me know. So <clears throat> that's that, a good yeah. point, Jens. I kind of wondered when I saw this question, like what the heck? But when you think, I think you're absolutely right. I think it has a lot to do with institutional knowledge and who has <laughs> it and who doesn't. And yeah. things just get, um, don't get handed down and records are lost. So probably a good point because I was thinking the same thing. Hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Do, do you have a good tip for boards to transition? How, how do good boards share knowledge when people don't stay on forever? Well, that's why you have the original owner who's still on the board after all these years. (laughs) 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 It's hard. It is. It's really hard. Um, And hopefully, you know, you have a good management company that's also has good records. But like you Mm -hmm. say, those change. But yeah, so it's it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Easy question. Number six. Okay, the Fannie Mae Forum question six asks if we have a funding plan for deferred maintenance. And does that have to be a plan that's approved by the homeowners? And what if we have a plan to present homeowners with various options, but the vote on those options hadn't been held? So we we kind of talked about that, but one thing I'm gonna jump jump ahead of, and, and that's talking about the forum asks about deferred maintenance. Form doesn't really ask about maintenance. Maintenance can come out of your budget, but deferred maintenance, uh, how the how Webster and Google identify that is something that you knew about, but you didn't take action on. You, you pressed pause or said, we're not going to do it right now. We'll do it next year. And so that would be, hey, we need a roof. Let's go get three roof bids. Whoa, it's that much money. We don't have money for that right now. Let's pause on that project and push it off to later, defer it. Uh, another deck, deck coatings. Hey, some decks are starting to get blisters. Let's recoat all of them. Oh, we don't have money to do all of them. Let's just do the blistery ones and maybe fix an occasional deck now and then, but we don't have any money. And so you know about a maintenance issue, but you don't deal with it. Now it becomes a deferred maintenance. Does the, does the commercial lending side of things view it as that way, or is it all maintenance? How, how, do, you, how do banks look at that? Yeah, we definitely look at um, what deferred maintenance is out there. And if it's not being financed, we want to know a plan too, or else we're not going to be able to finance that big major reclad project or window replacement project. If we see that three years or four years into the loan, um, you have a roof, or maybe the roof right now 
needs it and you're just going to kick the can because you mm -hmm. want this project um that's going to be that's going to be a challenge for financing and we're, we're going to want to see that deferred maintenance enough of an assessment that you can take care of that yeah so again it's that and a lot a lot of boards split this up we'll do the walls now or the walls windows decks all that stuff now we'll do the roof later and so again looking at that reserve study if you see that spike in three years you need to do a roof anyway so we've got a loan to cover this stuff, but we won't, we'll be a five, a seven year loan that overlaps in two years. I need a rough. And so that double hit. And I think, I think we talked a little bit about that, but um, if we have a plan, we talked about the financing plan being that plan with some options, uh, but the vote on those options hasn't been held. We kind of talked about that. You can, you can have dates on a schedule saying we're going to have the vote, we're going to do this thing, here's our options. So I'm starting to look or paint a picture of more of a long schedule, more of a long range thing. So people should be reaching out to you right now, Jill, for projects in 2023 and beyond. I mean, we should start that conversation, right? Because we have to start putting together this thing, right? Absolutely. Okay, so... Do you, do you find that it's it's best to call you six months in advance, two months, six months, 18 months? What What is it best to call you in advance of when I know I need funds? Oh, I would suggest, you know, so a lot of these big projects do take a while. And as soon as you know you have a major project, I would be contacting lenders right away. One, to make sure to see what you could qualify for, because it's not mm -hmm. just an open checkbook, right? There's going to be only an amount that the lender is going to be willing to lend an association. So get in the conversation early and a lender can help you prepare um, mm -hmm. to get a loan and to know how much maybe there would be like what we call a funding gap. You can only borrow so much. So what does this association have to bring in? So I would say at least 12 months, although, mm -hmm. you know, in fact, this year has been a little different in that we're not getting that 12 month lead time. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do um, with this Fannie Mae thing that's going on right mm -hmm. now. Um, mm -hmm. It has really kind of opened owners and board members' eyes that that this is pretty serious, and we have to start taking care of these things. Yeah, the I think I think it used to be, you know, we could kind of ignore. Well, ignore is the wrong word. I saw a lot of boards kind of poo-pooing the reserve study. Oh, it's a nice accounting exercise. It's a nice estimate thing. It's nice to put some time limits on some things, but it's not reality. We know we need a roof when it starts leaking. And it's, uh, you know, he's, he's estimated that the roof will last five more years and, eh, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully have enough money by then. <laughs> so, or I'll see the really cheap, hey, we're required to have reserve study. So we're going to get the 1995 do-it-yourself reserve study. Look at me. I found an Excel spreadsheet online. We can just enter in our own stuff and not call a reserve specialist. And so that gets back to that first question. Uh, my reserve study wasn't done the best way. And so that helping helping the board say, look, here's our foundation. Here's our background. Here's our baseline. Now, what's wrong with the building and how do we fix it correctly? And then go talk to the bank to try to fill that difference. Um, I'm re I'm, I recall other lenders 
saying, don't even call me till you have bids back from contractors. And I remember being a little confused by that, but they said, you know, if we don't have a target, we don't know what to hit. And you, and you mentioned it, we can't, it's not just a blank checkbook. We need to understand, you know, what they're doing. So, you know, I, I guess I can see both sides to that, but what, what would you, how would you speak into that? Of well, I, I think that's a good question. I think, you know, on, on, I, I, obviously you couldn't get a firm quote until you knew exactly what this was going to cost. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not a bad idea to find out, well, based on our situation today, what would it look like as far as what's the maximum you could you could lend our association and what do we need to do to clean this up? You know, as far as uh, when I'm talking to boards about hmm, based on our criteria, here's what I think you could borrow. I mean, don't go telling a contractor that. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, give them a target. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean, it's usually there's um, a ROM that's involved or some guidance. It might be hey, they've already estimated some expenses for insurance or whatever, but there's usually some number floating out there. But worst case, I mean, I have no problem talking to boards really early on without firm numbers just so they can plan. Right. And that's, yeah, it's kind of a, the consultant figures out what needs to be fixed. The contractor puts a price on it. And then the bank says, can we get these prices? And we're actually seeing these timelines not be ABC, but maybe a, B together, A, B and C together. They're kind of sequential now, kind of moving side by side and walking through the process instead of one step, two step, three step. And maybe getting together early and saying, here's what we can do and, and help. Because as consultants, we can say, here's what you need to do your building. Can we push off some of that to maintenance? Not necessarily deferred maintenance, but okay, yeah, let's look at your reserve study now and say, yeah, got some room to do you know do this next year and then you know be able to communicate that to you the banker saying here's what we're going to do here's how we're going to tackle this here's how we're going to handle this series of projects over a loan's lifespan and be able to kind of work together on that so like i think you said in the beginning have a strong team so yeah and then powers of reserve study do you have do you have comments on on that, just reserve study being more important than we think or not? Absolutely, probably one of the most important things we look at. It is right. absolutely critical to underwriting a, a loan to an association. And I always tell board members too, um, a lot of times people get the reserve study and, and they put, don't pay any attention to it or just throw it in a drawer. We've got to do it. Okay. Um, take ownership of it. Really look at that thing. Know what's in it. A lot of times when I'm underwriting a loan and I see in the reserve study, it says this is comes due. I'll get, oh, no, it doesn't. No way. You know, it's like, well, have a conversation with whoever's doing your reserve study. Because we're going to have to have that conversation. We, this is what we have to go on. It says that this work needs to be done. So um, do take ownership of it. If there's something you don't agree in, if you see something's missing, almost always you, you see a draft, you get the chance to um, make revisions um, and before it's finalized. Right. Yep. Yep. Good. All right. 
Last question. Let's see. The Fannie Mae Forum asks, did the last inspection have any findings related to the safety, soundness, structural integrity, or habitability of a project's buildings? Our inspector did find problems on our building, but is that going to prevent us from getting a loan? Is it going to prevent us from getting a loan, Jill? I think this might be referring to getting a mortgage, um, and it could. Well, it maybe it in the commercial loan either. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and hopefully if um, if there was deficiencies in the inspection, that's what's driving the association to look at how much money they need to fix it and to get financing to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think after working with lots of boards and lots of banks, it's not going to typically prevent you from getting a loan. It's just what's your plan and dealing with it? And again, that's the whole that's the whole melody behind the Fannie Mae form now of tell us what you know about your building and how are you going to deal with it and show us show us some kind of schedule or some kind of plan that we can look at. And so, um, oh, there was just something on my mind. I forgot what it was. But uh, this is, yeah, I think I think we've answered we've answered the questions there. So, yep, go on to the next one. Okay, the other commercial interruption is a clarity call with a building doctor. So again, get a call with me, get answers for your building and board, take a picture of this slide, get a QR code scan. We can, we can get you our contact information any way possible, uh, but check out our website and we have links there as well. So have your little, you know, call us up, see what's going on. We're going to put you into this decision-making process, whether you, whether you want to or not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as we wrap up, I was, you know, we're, before we get into the Q and A, um, it used to be prior to this form and prior to all these requirements and prior to disclosing all this stuff, the commercial loan process was the big pain and boards, the board anxiety would go up and they'd be like, ah, oh, I gotta get all these things. I gotta turn all this information over. <laughs> so now commercial loan processing isn't the bad guy anymore. It's this form to make you really stop and think and, and do. But if, if boards can have be ready for this information, what is it going to do to the loan process, Jill? It's, it's just going to make it fly right through, right? Right. You know, you're absolutely right. There is a lot of information, just like when somebody goes to get a mortgage and they have to give all their tax returns and all their statements and all that. Mm -hmm. It is a pile of information the lender is going to want. So actually really kind of not a bad idea. And if when you start talking to lenders that you just start compiling all that information, put it in a folder, it's your, you know, lending folder, and then you're, and then you're ready to go. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's get into the live Q&A. So I see five questions. Let's jump on this first one. We will be looking at acquiring financing for a condo siding project. What is the outlook for rates with the Fed looking to continue to increase rates? Are there variable rate programs that we should consider to hopefully have rate decrease? Ooh, good question. Jill, this is yours. Oh, that is a good question. Well, I'd love to tell you it's not going to affect rates, <laughs> but it is. Okay. Um, they actually, so 
our rates are not mirroring what uh, mortgage rates are doing right now. It's kind of mm -hmm. a flip-flop. Our commercial rates are less than what you'd go out there and find for a 30-year mortgage right wow. now. Wow. Stop. Say that again. Yeah. It's they're never, less it's never than, been that way. They're less than, than what you are finding right now in the mortgage market. Um, <laughs> so we're a little behind um, in that respect. But I was, will say that they've gone up probably a point and a half, one and a half percent from mm -hmm. what we were seeing, you know, just six, seven months ago. So no question mm -hmm. about that. But mm -hmm. honestly, our rates right now are still lower than what they were before wow. the pandemic. This, so this is, yeah, this goes against 25 years of working in this market. I mean, the the old way to do it was go get a home equity loan, go get a second mortgage, you know, and that, and so you guys came out with, well, loan to com communities, and it was always a point or two higher, and so people would do that math and go, well, you know, I'd, I'll opt out of the community loan program, but I'll get my own loan and write, you know, write a check. So you're less than mortgages right now. And right now. And you know what? That's such a good point, gents, because last year or during the pandemic, when mortgage rates just plummeted, um, mm -hmm. I, I like to tell this story. I had a three and a half million dollar commitment out there. And when we make a commitment, we know owners are going to pay off in full. You don't have to mm -hmm. borrow all of it. It's just there mm -hmm. in case you need it. I ended up loaning that association $400,000 out of a $3.3 million project because the owners just went out and and they were they're like yours 30 40 thousand dollars or whatever mm -hmm. um because the refi were so low i we're gonna see that flip because right. right now um our rates are pretty good i they will probably go up again before the sure. end of the year but um anyways yeah they're still they're still pretty good, still affordable. And again, I know a lot of people are panicking, but people were loving this right through four years ago. Right, um, right. So it's still not bad. Now, I will say I'll answer the other part of that as far as variable rates. Variable rates. For the longest time, because rates have been so low, and this is going back quite a few years now, we would always fix the rate for up to 10 years just and and it didn't make any sense to do a variable rate um, because the rates were low lock them in they're mm -hmm. still that low that i would think you would want the longest fixed rate you could get however it used to be quite common where if you had a 15-year loan or even a 10-year loan you might do a fixed for five and just reset it every five years you might yeah. fix it for three um, to kind of get that down I will say that, um, you know, when rates decrease, your lender can, you can talk to your lender about refinancing at a lower rate. Um, yep. We saw a lot of that uh, before the pandemic started. You know, it's just a few years ago where things were doing the opposite, where rates were dropping so fast that it seemed like by the time I issued a term sheet, the rates were even lower. So wow. um, there was a lot of occasions where we went out to our clients and we, we lowered their rate. So I wouldn't worry about a variable rate um, yet. I don't think the rates are high enough to want a variable rate. Yeah, but get locked in if you can beat the second mortgage rate. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Excellent question, James. Thank you. 
Okay, next question. We're a 15 unit townhome complex that will need a complete facelift in the next year or so. Half of our residents want to get personal loans so they can write off the interest. What is the advantage of taking out an HOA loan versus a private loan? Um, yeah, Jill, back to you. The, That's uh, a really good question. Um, there's a lot of advantages and, and you know that you're exactly right. Somebody it is, it's, it's not interest to, um, the owners for association loan. Here's the pros and cons, of course, um, with a home equity loan or a refinance, you're going to have all the fees that are associated with that. It, you're going to have a lien on your property. You're going to have credit checks. Um, some people aren't going to qualify or have the equity, for a home loan or a refinance. But if they do and they wanna go that route, that's great. The bank doesn't care, right? The advantages to the uh, association loan is there's no lien on your property. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantors. It doesn't affect your credit. There's no all those underwriting fees to you individually associated with it because we're actually making the loan to the association. It's not to individual homeowners. So you have your choice. Yeah, and, and that's that's a good that's a good way to look at it. And everybody's tax situation is different. So you know you'll have to go talk to your accountant or figure out if it's if it's better for you to get a second loan and write off the interest or. Yeah. And uh, I mean, back in the day, if it was a 15 unit thing, we'd have 15 individual liens. It was just kind of a beast to manage. And this new program is one association lender and, and uh, one loan and everybody pays into it. So kind of a follow up question on that is we're in the same complex of the last question. And uh, we have voted on and approved a special assessment amount only to find out this is, that this amount may not cover the expenses of a growing project. It was a stretch to encourage owners to vote for the dollar amount. Any ideas on how to better nail down a dollar amount with costs rising so quickly before we get back to before we go back to the homeowners? So that's that's kind of in this in this rising time of of uh, inflation and costs and labor. All that stuff is kind of crazy right now. And yes, it takes. We finally get the loan thing. Then we have to wait till next month for a vote. And then we have to wait till next month for ratification of that, you know, whatever. And 60 days goes by and the contractor says, I can't do it for that price anymore. Um, I was talking to a roofer today of, can I order the product today? And I said, I have to get the owner's approval tomorrow. And well, the supply house said they might run out or, the, you know, it's going to. So anyway, that's that's a real deal. And so Jill, how how, how does Columbia deal with a little bit of an ex escalation clause due to we know there's inflation happening daily. So do they automatically get kicked out of their loan or can can there some review happen? Oh, boy, it's a real deal. It has been so tough. Um, so I feel your pain. And so if, if you're just or if you're early in the process, what I would say to you is you're going to just have to pass a special assessment with a chunk of contingency in there, a really, really healthy contingency. Hope you don't need it. And you know what? It never hurts to have more money in your reserves if you don't have to use it. Mm -hmm. I will say that um, many times over the last 12 months or so, uh, are they've been over budget. And yes, typically, you know, they pass an assessment 
based on the budget and now you're over. Um, and so how we, we, we've, we've been able to manage it, we find ways to give them more money, but it does require uh, having to go back to the owners and say, owners, we're a little short, the bank's willing to give us more money, but we have to pass an additional special assessment to make up that shortfall. Now you still get to finance it, it's still over um, you know, the period of time, but it's a real deal, tons of contingency. That's all I can say. And right. um, you just have to convince your owners that that's what it's going to take. When, when we help boards put together a project budget, you know, it's the, it's the contractor costs. It's our contingency that's saying, hey, you know, remodeling is always full of surprises. We're actually putting in an inflation escalation contingency amount just because it's sign of the times. And, and like you said, you don't, you don't have to spend it all or you could put it into reserves, uh, but nobody likes going back for round two assessments. It is totally unpopular and uh, it's stressful. So yeah, good, good question, Darcy. Uh, let's see, the next question. Can the board acquire financing for needed envelope repairs or does this require an owner vote? Uh, that's, we, we see your, your bylaws have to give you the authority to borrow. And so most bylaws, they, let's, let's face it, they get born into existence to benefit the original developer. And so then over time, the board revises them with, with uh, revisions and rules and other bylaws and amendments and things like that. And so one thing that we walk boards through is, hey, let's get with your HOA attorney, the attorney that helps you write tickets and fines and helps you deal with things like that for HOA needs. Let's get an amendment on the books to allow the association to borrow. And then once that's passed, then they can go talk to Jill. Jill, is that your understanding of that? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of the declarations do already have the authority to borrow, but mm, definitely good. good. Yeah, a lot of them do. Um, okay. A lot, though, do have to pass an amendment, um, and that requires a certain vote. Um, as far as your project itself, um, if it is a repair, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but if it's a repair, you typically don't need an approval for a repair. Um, mm. But you will need to ratify a special assessment in order to pay for the project. So yes, the owners in a way do have a lot to say about it. Yep. I think what you're referring to on repair is repair versus what's called capital improvement. Yep. So repair means I had rotten leaky siding and putting on new siding just like I had it. Capital improvement means, and while I'm doing that, I'm going to add a pool. And so you're doing something to increase the thing. So yeah, in that particular, if you're adding a pool, building a clubhouse, you know, whatever, definitely it's a different part of your bylaws. But again, your 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 HOA attorney can walk you through that. So and you want yep. owner support. You want as much owner support as Bingo. possible. And yeah, it's when I'm talking to boards, it's like, but well, we don't technically have to take a vote, so we're not going to tell them. I'm like, oh, geez, no wonder your owners hate you at the mailbox. And so let's get everybody on the same page. Let's communicate well. We're in this together. Here's what's going on. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, good question, James. <clears throat> uh, last question. Our townhome owners are divided on funding for a big capital improvement project. We have one group wanting to get an HOA loan, and we have another group who want to pay the special assessment lump sum on their own. Can you blend these two funding options? Yes, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So with my, my take on that, and we see that of the loan is just an ability to spread that special assessment over a period of years so that everyone can participate. If somebody doesn't want to participate in the loan process and reach into their left-hand desk drawer and write a check, like we talked about this early on, great, they can do that. It's called a prepay. And what happens, there, there's always a percentage of prepays. And as you start the project, you may have 20% of the budgets already prepay. So that first one or two or three pay applications, we're taking that out of prepay. You haven't even started borrowing money yet. You have pre-approval, but you haven't even started the ticker from ticking on interest. So then by you know the mid of the job, then you start pulling the loan out. And so there, there's some nuances of, you know, just because you paid up front doesn't mean, you know, like, like we said, we're going back for a second round two, you'll have to pay that round two as well. But you won't, if you, you won't have to pay the interest, you won't have to be a part of that process, you can write a check. So Jill, what, what's your take on that? Wow, you did that really well, Jen. Oh, hey, some well. more of my meetings. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I like to describe my commitment um, as an insurance policy. Basically, mm -hmm. you, you need to know you have those funds available um, so that you can sign contracts and, and worst case scenario, nobody writes that check. The bank is willing to give you the money, but mm -hmm. we have no minimum amount of that commitment you have to take. So typically how you see this work is, all right, owners, here's your share of the assessment. You have 90 days to pay it in full. You're done. For those of you who don't want to write that check, here's the monthly payments. So yeah, absolutely. Um, it's still all one loan. It's still all, nothing's, nobody's treated any differently. It's just they, not everyone needs to um, take the monthly payment option. Right. Yep. Okay. Perfect. All right. I know we're pushing up against our hours. So I think every, thank you everybody for uh, listening along. Those were great questions. And so, yeah, we want to jump to the fun part now, giveaways. And this is, uh, this is the, where J2, let's see, what are we giving away this month? The J2 Brew continues to be a, a popular hit, energizing your community since 2007. It's very good. It's a dark blend. It's yummy. And we're going to give you a J2 tumbler. You can, of course, put coffee in there, but it also works for wine and anything else you want in the afternoon. So uh, how we do this is your attendance is listed out and, and Brooke will be looking at that. And so I'm going to pick, and I'm not looking at participants, I'm going to pick uh, participant number five gets the J2 stuff. So Brooke will notify you. Jill, what do you have today? Jens, you picked my number. No, sorry. <laughs> well, in honor of the most horrible wettest June and record, I've got an umbrella and a little coffee card to go with it. Um, <laughs> but since Jens took my favorite number, I'm going to go with number eight. Okay, awesome. Number five and number eight. You are the winners. So thank you for watching that. Uh, and again, thanks for attending. So again, take a picture of this. Here's, here's my contact information. Schedule a call if you want to bounce ideas off that. We call it a consult call. It's free. It's 15 minutes. Ask us any questions. 
Jill's doing the same thing. Take a picture of this. Here's her information. And if you, if you heard it, she said, call me early, call me early and we will walk through this stuff with you. So thank you so much for attending. And don't forget, we're back at the end, end of each month, last Tuesday of every month, invite your friends and uh, thank you for being here today. So happy rest of June, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jill.